here, I do one, two, three, four, five, six. That is how I know how to line them up. What? So this cut lets me know how all the files should line up. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> so Intashi Marra Shifat Abilil film where they do this yeah, clip. A. That is to match all the cameras and the audio together. Why does it? So otherwise you'd be talking and the video would be something else. And it, this camera is filming me. Yes. It could be filming the wrong time that I'm talking. Okay. So that's how it all lines up. I didn't that's fine. <laughs> don't you don't need to explain just by, by clapping your hands, it aligns, it does something to the... What it, are you talking about? It, it gives me a line on the audio and the when, video. When you re-edit re the... When, when I look at the file, yeah. Yeah, okay. I can then now see... I, yeah, yeah. The, the, Otherwise, she sits out. You can... When exactly? Okay. This is like 10 minutes. Okay. That's the only thing. It's a trick? It is. Hey, it's a trick that's a hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's news to me. It's <laughs> news to me. It. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It was in their constitution. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Of course. That's why we're here. This podcast is made possible by the generosity of listeners and viewers like you. Kindly consider a contribution through Patreon or PayPal. Links are in the details box. Any amount is appreciated. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The handle, The Beirut Banyan. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And to stay updated with video releases, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and thanks for watching. I'm Rani Shatar, and this is The Beirut Banyan. city is so small that I don't need to reach out to people that I want to speak with because I can simply go out with a friend to Mono, have a late dinner and meet everyone <laughs> that I'm trying to speak with and it was a very natural occasion where someone we both know shouted my name, <laughs> brought me over we had a bit of a, an exchange, a fun exchange, and you were at the table. And I saw you, and I decided to maybe poke at you a bit, and you poked back. And we had a pleasant exchange for about 15 minutes, I think. And very quickly, we decided that we should do this. And I think you're one of the few guests that I can think of who has a very, uh, very opinionated position and is honest about it too, and is somewhat, I'll be polite here, somewhat controversial, not in your topic, not in your, uh, not even in your research. It's maybe the way you deliver your message. I'll say this very diplomatically. I've seen you on Twitter, and uh, I'm going to quote you, quote, uh, there we go, that's it. We're perfect introduction to the episode. It's like, even he's upset. Sorry. 
<laughs> can I cut you or like I should? Cut me anytime no, you okay. want. Yeah, anytime you want. No, you I don't can, want. No, no. I'm just, I'm just uh, yeah. listening. No, I'd like to introduce you this way. So on Twitter, the, thing, the way I knew you was every time I'd post something, you'd appear out of nowhere and say, wrong analysis. <laughs> I think this was like maybe 10 or 15 times from like, okay, this guy has a problem. <laughs> wrong analysis. Good morning. Wrong analysis. <laughs> Good evening. Wrong analysis. There is something else. Uh, in person, you say things that I think you believe in, but your delivery is a bit extreme. So I was just mentioning a topic and you look at me and you say, sovereignty is crap. <laughs> Word for word. I'm like, okay, we have to talk. Um, I think on WhatsApp, even when I asked you to send me photos, you were funny about it. You're like, what kind of photo exactly do you want? I'm like, what do you think? Just your face. <laughs> You're almost uh, <laughs> Do I want it? I don't want to see anything else. Just your face. I'm not going to put anything else. And then add to that, there's a bit of comic character and a very in-depth website where there's a lot of constitution, a lot of research, a lot of indexing. It's definitely something you're passionate about. So I think if I understand you right, you're a bit of a raconteur. You like to provoke, but it's the meaning and the messaging behind that really matters to you. So I want to start here, Eyed Bustani. Why do you think this is the way to deliver your message? We're going to get into federalism. We're going to talk only about federalism. But before that, I want to know just a bit about you. You're on Twitter. You're notorious for your tweets. You're increasingly on TV. And I think, I said this in person, I think when you're on TV, it's more you. It's more, I think it's a better characterization of you because the tweets, you're, you're hiding behind this username, Don, <laughs> although we know it's you. And I think in person, you're a lovely human being. I could spend... Uh, uh, thank you for that. I yeah. appreciate it. I, no, I, I'm humbled by you saying it. I, I, but that's, that's, that's what I would uh, uh, genuinely want to be perceived as. Uh, um, there's a... We're living at a time, and I'm uh, uh, that where where we think that uh, uh, intellectual rigor sort of reflects as uh, fascistic or extreme, or whereas it's only intellectual rigor, maybe flawed, but rigorous, mm. analytical. Mm. So by uh, uh, addressing matters that are more like on social sciences that involve human beings that are not mathematics, yeah. and trying to be rigorous about it mm. puts a person uh, in a position where it sort of has to, is perceived as being bad or mm. tough, mm. or whereas it's only trying to uh, find solution for literally for the greater good. And I, I, I genuinely believe that. Uh, there's a greater good in 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 building a, a successful um, uh, a society that live in harmony, uh, uh, and this is exactly what I'm trying to to do at a time where um, most of the leading elite. Uh, simply uh, 
raised the white flag. They've just uh, they've 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 went the easy way, the easy path, the complacent path. I think in this very delicate introduction, this is where the conversation exists. And I'm going to start it off by by saying that I know you've done your research on federalism, and it's clear. Uh, the website actually has, I think it's a it's ten amendments or or ten um, ten proposals, for yes. ten principles. Sorry, and it's very easy to access. So I highly recommend anyone who wants to really understand where you're coming from to check out your website. And I can tell you've dedicated a lot of time and energy to this website. Um, let's start with. An assumption, and you tell me why I'm wrong, because I know that you're going to say I'm wrong. You won't say wrong analysis here because it's a bit odd, but you say I'm you're wrong. <laughs> you have a wrong yeah, analysis. I'm, 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 I'm a guest. I'm a guest. And I put something in the coffee too. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, yes. no. Uh, I do not think these blanket statements. And I'm being extra polite here. I'm trying to really understand. I don't think blanket statements apply to Lebanon. Forget the rest of the region, forget the rest of the world. I'm going to focus in on this country that we both care about. I don't think Islam is one and the same. Um, I have to humbly disagree from the onset that sovereignty is crap. I think sovereignty allows uh, the breathing space among communities. And I have to say something up front. This is where I want to get to. I think we are layered and complicated people. I don't think we're separate flavors that live side by side. And I'll, I'll, I'll offer an analogy. Um, I feel, this is a subjective way of looking at it, I feel that even in one family, you can have a variety of ideologies. I think even among siblings, you can have identity disagreements. I think sometimes even individuals change their mind over time. And I don't think the religious component is the biggest contributing factor. It obviously plays some role. But I wouldn't like a Lebanon that sees itself as more, um, as more divided along the, along, the, along the lines that are not so meaningful. So in other words, an urban Beiruti or a Ras Beiruti, to me, is more interesting than a Sunni or a Protestant. A mountain Lebanese, a, a villager is more interesting than Mar Maronite and Druze. Um, a disenfranchised Lebanese that comes from either north or south makes their way to Beirut is more meaningful to me than Sunni or Shia. And I know this sounds maybe silly to you because you've done research on, on, on exactly the reasons why maybe what I'm saying does not match reality, but I believe it. And you tell me, is that a imagined reality to you? Is that something that's more fiction than real? First, let me say that I, I'm going to say something that you might, uh, you might find odd. I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm. I totally agree with the fact that uh, we, as Lebanese, I'm saying, because that word has a meaning, uh, uh, have a lot in common. Mm. And we have a lot in, uh, in, in diversity. In, mm. uh, the entire 
thought process that I that inhabits inhabits me. I don't know whether you say that in, in English. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm tra- translating in Fr- from French in my mind. And I'll say I, I had to translate some of your tweets because they're mostly in French. Yeah, yeah. So I had to. I was like, oh, sh- I hope that, I hope I got that right. <laughs> it's it's uh, because I, I think in French and then yes. I try yeah. to write either in Arabic, Lebanese, or or, right. or English. Right. So uh, what I wanted to say is that. Uh, um, uh, we have a lot in common. We have a lot in common, and we have a lot uh, that, that, that takes us apart. Um, the entire thought process revolves around how to minimize friction, given that reality. That's the mm. entire mm. federal project: mm. is how to keep a country together in its diversity mm. that I love. The yeah. mosaic and I, people laugh at me because of the colors and whatever of the, that map. No, that map is actually. I'm gonna, but that yeah. that map is how beautiful our country is. Mm. This is exactly what I want to say. This map, with its patchwork and the fact that it's a mosaic, mm. Mm. is exactly what we need to preserve mm. and develop, rather than have one block of that color versus one block of that color and one block of that color next to one block of that color. Right. Mm. So the entire. The driver behind it, at least I hope people would give me that credit, and I don't care what they think of the content, but of a good faith uniter Mm. rather than anything else. And if people give me that credit, I'm fine. Whatever they think of the rest, I don't really care. I appreciate this perspective. So you're trying to preserve diversity in 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 a more assertive political way that's unfamiliar to the Lebanese experience, to the modern Lebanese experience. And we're going to get into that because we said this a bit before, but the constitution that has been elaborated is really based on and I hope I remember this right. It's it's the Swiss historic experience, not necessarily Correct. Switzerland right now, Correct. but Switzerland in time. Correct. So there's a, it's not that this is, a, it's in our DNA, it exists. It's not that long ago. But I'm going to throw a caveat here. You're 49. You mentioned before, and you look great for 49. I look terrible for 40. Not true. Uh, because I hide this part of it. <laughs> they don't see it. It's pretty bad. And you you reminded me I need to exercise. Neither one of us is old enough to know what Lebanon was like in the 50s and 60s. Correct. You probably have... A little bit of memory before the civil war, but no, no, no zero no, at all. Zero. Okay, so you were what three or four years old when the war broke out. Exactly. We don't know what a functioning Lebanon looked like. Correct. And if it was not functioning, we don't know what a semi-functional Lebanon Absolutely. looked like. But I am certain that in those two decades, we were finding a way to reform the end goal, which is what you talk about preserving our plurality and I think what allowed us to move in that direction was something that you dismiss which is sovereignty now let's start there because I want to get to federalism I want to focus on federalism but I need to ask this before why are you I wouldn't say anti-sovereignty because I don't know if that's true but why do you dismiss it so easily in the Lebanese context and do you think the 1950s and 60s was a failed experiment, because I don't. I really think 1970 
is when Lebanon falls apart, not 1960 or 1950. I think it's violence that drove the society to hell. So let, let's, let's go here. Okay, yeah. sovereignty and the path, just to, to start by, the, by, by where you ended, I, 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 from my perspective, Lebanon was put on the path to failure in 1926. So, so really the start. The start. So back then, it was all set. What came next was just written in history, just waiting to happen. Why? Very simple. Diversity exists all over the planet. Just people learned how to manage it. And the way you manage it is by ensuring a, pre- a fundamental principle, which is called Cuius Regio, Eius Religio. Yes, I've seen you use this. Yeah, That's it. Once you do that, you ensure that people don't clash. Sovereignty uh, is the byproduct of a nation. It, it only exists as an expression of people's uh, uh, willingness, envy, uh, 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 desire to self-rule. To self-rule. Okay? That's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. In a multicultural country, that expression of self-rule has multiple uh, applications, has multiple uh, readings to it. Mm. We don't understand self-rule the same way depending on per community. So my point is sovereignty actually is cantonal, is national in the sense of the nation. Uh, The nation meaning the community, because in my understanding of this country, yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but that's my reading. Sect is identity. It's not faith. I don't care about religion. I don't mm-hmm. care whether you go to mosque, church, yeah. khilwe, whatever. I don't care. Nobody cares. That's a private matter. You yeah. do whatever you want. But people, identity is a, a need that people have mm. to organize, to give meanings to their lives, to organize where they're coming from and where they're heading to, uh, to identify who are their heroes, who are their traitors, who are their, what is permitted, what is not permitted, yeah. who is al- who's a friend, who's a foe, etc., etc. All of these, uh, and obviously I'm talking about collective identity, which is a, an essential part of individual identity. So the collective identity is centered around communities, sects in Lebanon, and uh, that is called the organic identity. My point is to uh, bridge the gap between the organic identity that have been here around for 2,000 years for Christianity, 1,400 for Islam, uh, 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 1,000 for the, for the Druze, which yep. is the youngest one. It has been around 900 years before Lebanon okay, yep. itself. So in order to bridge that gap... 6,000 for Jews and about 100 for Armenians and whatever. I agree. I completely okay. agree. So you're, Okay, so you're, this is a way of preserving communities 
I, I think from pre- preserving not, not only not only preserving communities, but to bridge the gap between to bridge that road, that space, that uh, mm. distance between the organic identity and the constructed identity, which is Lebanon, right. which is a geography initially, yeah. but a unifying geography. Uh, we need a, a, a conveyor mm. to take us from that to that, and I think federal system is essentially that. A governance system mm-hmm. that will uh, diffuse tensions among communities because it will self-rule, will allow, uh, will put me in front of my own uh, 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 performer, poor mm-hmm. performers, and I will be able to uh, punish them, uh, remove them of office, uh, put them in jail, etc. Each on his own, over his own. Uh, son of a witch, quote unquote, mm. uh, 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 and therefore would allow us to put in common to share uh, what we have our our common heritage. When I say common heritage, it's a lot of things, and I starting with what uh, Nassim Taleb and Pierre Zalwa demonstrated, which is genetics, meaning this country has, irrespective of sect, the same genetic pool, which means a lot, which means that we behave the same. And you feel that once you like just move out of this country, all Lebanese look the same. You know, they behave the same. They look the same. <laughs> you don't care anymore where... Yeah. But so all I'm saying, this genetic pool, this uh, uh, common historical uh, uh, behavior, we will be able to exploit it uh, by putting it together, uh, by sharing our uh, uh, experience, expertise, knowledge, and we're a, we're a super performance uh, people that shows everywhere. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Uh, uh, and setting aside, uh, making each one manage what he has in person, in in uh, what we call is is uh, 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 his being, his identity. I think that's the the goal is noble because you're trying to. You're finding a peaceful political way forward that makes sense to this part of the world in history. And I just want to understand about the brief window. Why are you so, why are you dismissive of the independent Lebanon experience? I, I don't know why the 1940s, 50s, and 60s are unfitting for Lebanon. And it's my understanding of everything that has happened to this country that communities do not threaten each other naturally in this country. But the moment a regional war became part of day-to-day life, all of the issues that you're trying to diffuse, they rose up to the surface. So, in other words, I can't imagine a kate'ib militia emerging without Fatah in this country. I can't imagine an ishtiraq fighter Ishtiraqi, whatever, uh, fighting. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, unless that regional war is putting people against each other. I disagree. And, and sorry, I'll say one more thing, one more thing. Because I want to link it up somehow to what we're, what we're going through right now. I simply don't think this is a natural evolution of sects or, or identity in Lebanon. I don't think Hezbollah is Shia. Fatah is Sunni. Uwait uh, is Maronite. And so on. Tashnak is Armenian. I think that's what political violence can do to any any society, whether it's Lebanon or, or anywhere. I don't think this is us. I think it's, it's the perverted version of us that happened in the 70s, and we're still in that 
But it happened in the 70s, it happened in the 20s, it happened in the... Uh, it happens in 1860, it happens in... It happens... You know, we're confronted, we're confronted to, a, to a clash of civilizations. That's the reality. That's... We can, we can hide from it, we can... Whatever, we can say it doesn't exist, we can... Okay. Comes a time we owe it to ourselves, our kids, our parents, our country, what we did to the mess we did to this country. We owe to we owe to stand up and tell it as it is. You, really, you, is you, you subscribe to Samuel Huntington's way of absolutely, absolutely. But absolutely. but can I? I'm sorry to challenge you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, of course, please. It's my rare opportunity to no, do no, this. No, it's a, it's a ple- absolute pleasure. I, I heard you say earlier that. We have much more in common in this limited geography than we do different. And you said it very nicely that you put these people outside the country. You can tell who's Lebanese of right course. away. Of course. I, I don't know if the civilizational clash really applies to this limited space. And wh- why? why mm, every society has its violent chapters of history. But Lebanon in its modern state only existed briefly. For a few decades, I don't think of those years as problematic. I actually would have loved, maybe you feel the same way, maybe not. I would have loved to experience what it was like to live here in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And I also would have, I think, been in a far more functional, far more optimistic country. Not this horrible version of it that, we are, that we're in. But wait a second. It was designed and it was designed by the Maronites as a Mediterranean slash European country, this is this is that's the reali- the reality of that. It didn't it didn't cater for the other with a big capital A. It didn't address the fact that the first the first community that uh, 1926 uh, and later on 1943 uh, 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 dismissed are the Druze. These guys are. St- tiny minority in this country, but they played a huge role in its history. Mm. And together with the uh, growing demographics and uh, cultural advancement of the Maronites, they were able to build a very strong, and I'll talk talk to you about it, a, a space within the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Reality is, the Maronites stabbed them in the back, not only in 1825, and we're not going to talk about that, but in 1820, in 1926, 1943, when we signed a deal with the Sunnis against the uh, uh, will, if you want, and, and 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 desire of the Druze, so they felt betrayed. The second, who actually didn't find their place in that uh, 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 narrative, are the Shia. They sort of lived in a country where. They were considered literally second-class citizen, not only but not by law, not by law at all, but by the mere fact that if you read the country's history, they simply don't exist. You're here because you were here when we said uh, that the borders will be in that, like this, and that's it. Isn't that though? Isn't that just simply the job of a country that needs to reform its institutions? And I'll, I'll throw an example. I, I I'd like to hear your opinion on something that's been thought of for decades now, a Senate that would just preserve that insecurity, whether you're Druze, Shia, Armenian Orthodox, Armenian Catholic, whatever, and a place that these frictions can be solved. 
isn't isn't that a isn't that a more constructive way of letting Lebanon evolve rather than sort of bringing it back to the mutasarrafi like identity that that is Lebanese, but it's a different Lebanon. It's not the modern Lebanon that I think correct. a lot of us uh, talk about. So, correct, correct, correct. is there anything there that can be bridged? Uh, the way I approached it is principle based. So I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, I. I. It will sound funny, but I hate ideologies. Okay, because ideologies. The world, except federal. Yeah, exactly. Except mine. All, all the rest is crap, except one, which is mine. So, so one exception. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no but more seriously. Now you're laughing, but more seriously. I. The word itself is. It comes from Greek, and it means. Uh, ideologos. The idea mm. before the reasoning, so you the mm. preconception yeah. before you actually function your logos, your brain, your yes. logic, and come up to come to a conclusion. So I hate ideologies. No, just believe me for a second. Oh, no, I, I I think I know what you mean. Federalism okay. is not an ideology; it's a political. And how uh, did I get there? Yeah. I starting with a clean slate, and I'm saying okay. What are my ten principles? Yes. Yeah. And where will they, if they were to apply, which constitution would they lead me to? Now, the first one is the acceptance that this country is a diverse country where you have various national narratives. And that in itself is a huge, uh, 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 it's a go-no-go, but it's it's not easy to admit. It's not like a, it's not a shallow admission. Uh, admission of yeah. a difference. No, no. Right. It's you need to believe that the way the and I like the and unlike many, I like the I have a the Ottoman Empire was a very advanced empire. It it was it was the Ottoman Empire was as a matter of fact much more uh, per, uh, per, how to say uh, lenient, uh, permissive. Uh, uh, how to say. Uh, um, uh, acceptant of diversity than most of European kingdoms. So I'm going to do something yet. I'm I'm going to, for for. I've had the conversation on sovereignty and neutrality with Hisham Bounassif, mm-hmm. who, uh, I think, I would assume there's a disagreement perhaps between your uh, your desire to have federalism now, not later. And his take, I think, is more sovereignty and neutrality will enable a federal Lebanon later. But the the end goal is federalism regardless. Um, I'm going to ask you, if you could, the ethnogeographic federal Lebanon that you uh, elaborate on. And we're going to get into the step-by-step. And I, I really think the website is fantastic. Thank you. For anyone that's trying to reconsider Lebanon and where things should move, you've done it very easy to use and understand whether you disagree with it or not is separate but is it simply that we should draw our cantons according to the colors that you colored very efficiently and accept that there will always be something like Hezbollah in certain parts of the country and something like Fatah Islam in the north and uh, you will always have these insecurities and you can't do anything about it so let Lebanese be different 
and screw sovereignty. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. It? Wait a second. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, no. Wait so a second. No, no, that, wait that a second. Is it. Okay. Yeah. Wait a second. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, wait a second. Sorry. Wait a second. Yeah. This is my nightmare scenario. That's <laughs> <laughs> where I'm stuck with a crowd that I'm 5% in line with. And, but it's the 5% that matters to me. And therefore, I can feel at home with others because they're all in the same problem and they have their own reasons. And I don't like the narrowness. But wait a second. Uh-huh, yeah. yes, I, 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 <laughs> the problem is, don't think that I... Uh, you should understand. I, I think I'm a decent guy. <laughs> no, no, wait a second. No, I'm no you, are, you are. You are. I've... I've and, and the point is, it's not easy for me to say what intellectual rigor in constructing a system has me say. It, it makes me say things which I, as a person, as an individual, would, ha- would love to have been in a different position and say the exact opposite. But it's not possible. I mean, mm. bear with me. Mm. We have to fight our own demons, each one. Back in the 20s, it was easy for that overwhelming group that was sort of the majority, etc., etc., to fight everybody's fight because the elite were so alike, were so alike. I mean, if you look at the elite, the, the Beirut elite, uh, Sunni, mainly Orthodox, uh, the ultra elite of the cat of the of the Maronites, mm. uh, they were very much alike, right? Mm. Mm. And the bourgeoisie was essentially orthodox, Sunni and orthodox. But but uh, to a certain extent, the Maronites re- were able, like a bit slowly, to to catch up. But they weren't alike enough. I mean, you have these two odd characters, right? Shara Khouri on yeah. the left and Riyad Sulah yeah. on the right. Pardon for their interpretations. Yeah, I love these guys who make these dolls. Okay. You, you know who's Riyad Salah with the Tarbush, yeah, right? Yeah, of, <laughs> of course. So the, the, these two characters are in jail for fighting for a common Lebanon. I don't know if they're so bourgeoisie. when is from, uh, I forgot which village he's from. Yeah, no, he's, they were in prison there. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember yeah, where. Yeah. Uh, Somewhere in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. These two characters are not so elitist. Rishmaya. Well done, well done. That, I don't know if that's entirely true. There's Lebanese that fought for this more unitary Lebanon. You don't believe it? Yeah. No, I think this is, this is the... Uh, well, uh, just tell you a sure. couple of things about... First of all, most of the Maronites were against the quote-unquote independence. 1943, uh, Patria Sharida uh, 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 excommunicated Bashar uh, al-Khuri because he accepted to put uh, the Arabness, the possible Arabness of Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Emil Eddy, uh, even Kamal Jumblat, etc., mm. were absolutely against that. And mm. uh, 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 if you look at that time back then, it was a, it was just. A, the the, 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 the the Brits playing against the French that got us into uh, 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 independence or whatever you want to call it 
Nobody wanted that. I don't know. The majority of Maronites, I think, were uh, uneasy with a smaller Lebanon. And this little Lebanon idea was there, but it didn't take hold. I, I, I don't know if this is... Lebanon came to... Lebanon was born, whether it's born in error, 1926, or whether it's born through war, in World War II. But there is something that's born. And I, I do appreciate that you want to go back to something earlier, which is 1861. And I like that you said the Ottoman Empire was advanced because it feels like it was more advanced than what we're living through right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's start here. Federalism and 1861. And let's go through these 10 points together. Could you, could you say in, in uh, maybe a few sentences, what exactly is federalism in Lebanon? I know federalism, the type of governance, but what is it? Very in? simple. Yeah. Very, very simple. It's, uh, uh, let's, if, if you say that a, 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 a partition is the segregation of people, federalism is the segregation of powers. Okay. That's in that's, a sense. That's fair, yes. Okay, that's, that's yes. the core, core, mm-hmm. core message. Yeah. And if you, if you, if you want to dig a bit deeper, you say, before saying federalism, we need to, in a sentence, literally in a sentence, say, what is the problem of Lebanon? Mm. Why are we here? Mm. Our analysis is the following. The problem of Lebanon is twofold. One, mismanagement of diversity. Two, poor governance. Point. Now, which is the system, political Mm. system, that actually solves these two equations? We're talking math here. Mm-hmm. No feelings. We yeah. don't care. I'm sorry, uh, etc. Just like reality, right? There are these. Assuming you agreed with me, maybe you don't. That these are the two problems that we are facing. Which is, which political system addresses these two concerns? You're, you're not including political violence because you don't think that that is part of the problem. I think it's a conclusion. It's, it's a, a consequence of the okay, I see. rather yeah. than a reason. You know, if I may say, I'm going to, I'll yeah. let you keep going. I think that's where the line is. That's where the debate exists, I think. Explain. That, that line, I think, is where everyone is not, they're not understanding each other. You said political violence is a consequence. Of course. I believe that the political violence Lebanon has gone through through the last 50 some years is not our system or our society. I think it's regional war in Lebanon. I, I and I think okay, I think I that, have that, a view on that. But wait, yeah, wait a second. Yeah. When 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 do you want to? When would you want me to touch on that? The, now? Can I? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we have we have all the time in the world. Okay, yeah, great. I totally agree with you. That we are not we. When I say we, I mean the Lebanese. He agrees with you too. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, uh, we're not violent society. Mm. We, I think we're too subtle for it. And I, I think it draws back to the Phoenicians, and I think we're, we really think things can, can be massaged one way or the other, yeah. including money, including whatever you want. But that's good. I mean, violence is like the worst scenario ever anyway. Absolutely. Okay. Why, if you look at the past uh, 50 years, and I totally agree with you when you said... It's an imported problem, partially, yet, well, but to a large extent, I agree. Mm. More specifically, it's, uh, we live in an environment that is 
fundamentally unstable. If you look at our yes. main neighbor, Syria, yeah. it's a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. It is run ruthlessly by one community that is trying to preserve itself from the majority, Alawi versus Sunni. Or even one family that's trying to fight for its own survival. I disagree, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Here's where the disagreement is, okay? Now, my the, view... The, the bravest anti-Assad critics that I've encountered in my life are Alawite, all of them. And I, I and anyway, sorry, that's, but that's you another... You right. Yeah. I don't, I don't claim any truth. Yeah. Just... No, it's only my opinion, and I sure. But that's but that's interesting. Where these uh, I hear you. I hear you. Mm -hmm. So my point is, they are uh, and those society, more specifically, uh, uh, Syria particularly, but anyway, that is anything that is not Levantine, Mm. uh, on the shore, on the Mediterranean, Phoenician traders, etc., are more akin to violence. Uh, and uh, more particularly, these guys are at risks for on their they they they, they are at perceive per, per uh, they have this perception of a existential threat, mm-hmm. and they hold to power the way they took over power and uh, uh, have been holding to it for the past uh, fifty years, whatever since the seventies. And the way they look at Lebanon is. Uh, obviously a very interesting place for business so they want to own it okay which is fair but even more so they look at the sunni in lebanon as extremely dangerous why because what's extremely dangerous 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 because they are lebanese highly educated usually bourgeois can talk to the west and they can destroy or they can unleash that existential threat that they these guys are under. Yani they can mobilize the Syrian crowd. So what they want to do is control Lebanon. Yeah, for the wealth, okay, but not really. They want to dominate the Sunni, just to make sure that the Sunni do not express or, uh, uh, how to say, uh, uh, create a, a, a threat or become a threat to their own regime. Right. So, the, the day the Syrians understood they were about to leave Lebanon, mm. what they needed to do, the, the fate of all the serious Sunni elite was sealed. That's my point of view. But that interference, I think, is... Again, this is, I think, where the line is. I see that interference as turning Lebanon upside down, not so much Lebanon upside down, and then other countries get involved. I didn't understand. Okay, so... I, I hope I'm saying this the right way. I think the reason everyone has this debate all the time is I think there's literally two opinions. And uh, one opinion is that Lebanon was born incorrectly and regional problems can easily enter Lebanon. Therefore, we need to change the way Lebanon functions. There's that other opinion, which is Lebanon was born whether it's healthy or not, whether it's wobbling or falling or standing, it was born. Lebanese contributed to that project. Regional wars that were not Lebanese quickly became part of the Lebanese story, not by choice. I don't think Lebanon volunteered and said, we want Fatah checkpoints, army in the south, fighting Israel. I think this happened. It's not necessarily Lebanon's fault that the Cairo Agreement 
threw Lebanon under the bus. I don't think that's Lebanon's, I don't think that's inertia within Lebanon, even if it happened. I disagree. Or, or for that matter, I don't think Hezbollah is a natural expression. I hear you. Of the Shia understanding of what it means to be Lebanese. I don't think so. That's exactly where the line of disagreement stands. I yeah. think each community, uh, the Druze, the Christians, and within the Christian various uh, sub uh, Sunni and uh, the Shia, uh, you know, the goal used to say the nations are the, so the nations are the soul of politics. Mm. You cannot express politics or a political opinion outside of the background of where you're coming from. Yeah. The, uh, one French philosopher used to say the death govern the living. I mean, you, meaning your your, your ancestors, yes, yes, your yes, yeah. your heroes, your, your your legacy. Yeah. This is what makes you who you are and how you express. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, yeah. you're not in a void. You're not. It's not a vacuum. It's not me. Yes. Narcissically. Yeah. It is who I am, and I owe it to centuries of and and, and, and all of us. So my point being is. Uh, 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 these uh, 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 communities who actually express their unease with the centralized Lebanon dominated by the Christian revolted, rebelled uh, using uh, uh, the powers that naturally lend them uh, their, because of cultural ties, uh, lend, lend them, and I'm going to give you examples from Europe. Uh, uh, lend them their their uh, their their strength, uh, and and I, I I firmly believe that the uh, the Lebanese were weaponized by regional power, mm. at least as much as they themselves weaponized regional power for their own benefit. Yes, yeah, sectarian benefit. Right, so community. So somebody like for Edgeheb, for you would be less important than the bigger story that he's an exception rather than than what we could have because i see i see someone like him mm -hmm. in those delicate years late 50s to mid 60s where lebanon has something that can withstand those problems it's been talked about so many times it's an, it's a it's almost like a cliche to say it he could keep arab nationalism in syria he didn't let up the yeah, Nasser across the border. Course. He also found a way to build institutions. But there was war, right? I, I mean, that ensued. Yes, three-month three uh, three summer civil war, 1,500 Lebanese died. But it wasn't a 15-year civil war. Correct. And it ended. It didn't turn into what we have now. It ended. And the Lebanese state was still functioning. I, I, I think... I, I like the disagreement here because I think it would be really, it's a hypothesis. It's not something you can really, I just don't think that we're so bad the way we were born. Wait a second, wait a second. Yeah. You know the saying, Rome was not built in a day. Yeah. But Rome didn't die in a day either. That's true. It took centuries to actually fade away and mm -hmm. die and, yep. and Tyrso and Carthage yep. and uh, uh, Byzantium and, okay. Some think it's still around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, under occupation. Under occupation. Oh, yeah, occupied yeah, Constantinople. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, 
We died in 1926. We simply didn't know it. So you're taking that very interesting long view that goes back in time. You know, when you die, you just like a yeah. move, like still move this here mm -hmm. and there. You do, you still can, might be, might do good, good things. I mean, whatever. I mean, it took like a, a, a hundred years to actually crumble. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, like a body. It, the second after it, it dies. Yeah. It still is the same body that it was a few seconds before, right? So let's let's actually let's start with the birth and the death, the birth of the Constitution of 1861, what you're trying to push forward, and the death of what you see as Lebanon. Although I I love that back and forth, but let let's start the 1861 Constitution and federalism, which you described earlier, and the ten point plan for reimagining Lebanon. Okay. 1961. 1861. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. 1861, of course. 1861. I thought I almost won no, the No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, he's... Yes. <laughs> 1861. Big time. A fight within the uh, Ottoman Empire between essentially uh, the Maronites and the Druze, and uh, uh, the uh, window for the uh, superpowers of the time to mm. actually get involved in the matter of the uh, Ottoman Empire, mm -hmm. and mine it from the inside and try to. Uh, okay. Uh, You're referring to the French. Yes, yes, yes French, yeah. the Russian, yes, the, right. the Austro Hungary, yeah. Hungarian. Mm. Uh, uh, the German, the Prussian, mm. the Prussian, the U, the Brits. Yes. Uh, when they came and saw what uh, what this was all about, they analyzed the social reality of that area, mm. and they concluded that they proposed a solution called the title of our constitution of the time is called the Reglement Organique meaning solution by organic nationalism mm -hmm. meaning we see organically uh, uh, nations different nations and we're gonna build a system that accommodates that reality mm -hmm. the person that drafted this among other but the main character is Richard von Metternich which is the son of William von yes, Metternich right. Right. William von Metternich is the, per, the like the 19th century uh, dominant figure, post-Napoleonian era, uh, Congrès de, de Vienne. Mm -hmm. He reorganized Europe post the collapse of Napoleon. Yes. He is the person. Yeah. And he wrote the 1843 Constitution of Lebanon, which was a geographical con uh, federalism. This is so. Uh, Eighteen forty-three was a geographical, geographic federalism model. But place. but there's no there's no um, real autonomous Lebanon yet. So this is a this semi autonomous. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pre mutasarrafi on the way to more autonomy. But this uh, is. No. 18, 18, 1840 40 is the collapse of Emir Bashir. Yes, okay. right. Yeah. To, uh, his son takes over, Bashir III, mm. then reconverts to Islam. Converts to Islam. Yeah. Converts right. to Islam, loses, loses the support of the Christian mm. dominant mm. Uh, in Mount Lebanon, revolts again, come Willem von Metternich, reorganizes mm. into two uh, geographic federalism. But in that geographic federalism, right. yeah. 
there's a large minority in the Druze area and yes. a large Druze minority in the mm-hmm. Christian yes. area. So this is pre-everything. And that yeah. led to the clashes at the war yeah. of 1861 because yes. you they were... And just to give you some example of how of how how how, how uh, I mean easy it was predictable how predictable it was uh, uh, they were trying to uh, uh, figure out how to represent the Druze present in the uh, Christian area and how to represent how to give rep- representation and they said you know what we're gonna build a system apart from the uh, deputies which are uh, okay done by majority so mm-hmm. but to give them minority uh, sort of an ombudsman or something yes. like that yeah. they said we're going to create a wakil uh, there was in the constitution the wakil yeah. and the wakil but he couldn't report to the authority under which he was under because it doesn't it defeats the purpose right. he, he has to uh, represent the minorities so they said initially you know what we're going to say the wakil reports to Wilayat Beirut as a direct Ottoman yeah. Empire of right. uh, offshoot right. uh, you know your history. Yet. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know yeah. what I'm talking. My yeah. dad is historian. My granddad is historian. So it oh, runs I, in the family. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So you are a, you're a product of two generations of historians. More, more. Yeah, because well, because the uh, the family in itself is Malim Butrus Bestani, obviously, you know, and and later on Slaimin uh, Bestani, uh, who've I'm gonna. I have a beautiful story on, on Slaimin. Slaimin was finance minister yeah. uh, at different points in the Ottoman Empire. Ottoman Empire. This is your. This is the. He's a cousin. He's not a oh, director. Not, not director. Okay. okay. In, uh, he was invited to uh, uh, Vienna as a foreign minister um, uh, of the Ottoman Empire. So he goes to to, to see the his Vienna his. Uh, counterpart and uh, talking to the to the uh, Austro-Hungarian minister uh, that the minister tells him you know I've uh, I've known a Bustani or I've heard of a Bustani who's actually translated uh, uh, the 20,000 verse of Iliada into Arabic I said oh you heard about that he said yeah yeah who's that person said it's me and the response of the the, uh, the, uh, the minister was from a translator of Omer to minister. What a decadence. <laughs> and he That's was not funny. talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking about himself yes, as well. Yes. I mean, I, I highly regard you as a, but I right. really regard you as a, yeah, yeah. but, but this, this is a prominent figure. Uh, but my granddad is a historian. My granddad, oh, he plays a role in the history I'm going to talk to you about. Because uh, from minister to Twitter. Yeah, yeah, here you go. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's it. It says it all. <laughs> minister in the Ottoman Empire. Yeah, yeah. Ottoman no, Minister no, no, to, to Twitter in Lebanon. <laughs> in Mount Lebanon. Mount in Lebanon. Right. That's, that's even so yeah, this is, well, that's why I'm trying to expand. Yeah. <laughs> you want it even smaller. Yeah, yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Grandeur et décadence. Yes, right. Uh, so, <laughs> no, but, but my, my, uh, the, 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 in 1926, when the United Lebanon was created, uh, the elite of the time commissioned a book to rewrite Lebanese history in the, mm. to support mm. the narrative of that new nation. Yeah. 
it was my, my granddad and uh, Asad Rustum, which was an AUB professor, mm-hmm. uh, were tasked to jointly draft that wow. document. Wow. So they submitted their draft, the history of Lebanon, in uh, 1937. Mm. Uh, uh, it, it mainly focused on definitions and then 15th century of like B, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, the Imara, obviously. Yes, uh, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the where the and, name becomes uh, a little more uh, you, where, yeah. where 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 the the leading figure became uh, a, a uniting figure right. of Mount yes, Lebanon, yes, etc., yes. and later on Lebanon. So I did not know that you have this this passion is in the family. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, this is okay. where it comes from. But it's not a trade. I don't. I've, I have not. I, I'm not a historian. I have no mm. degree. I have. I don't possess the tools of somebody. I, yeah. I, I miss those. I mean, the, the ability to actually, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, you have to go through a, a, a process in yeah. university to learn how to look at history, etc. I don't have that. It's only just reading. But it definitely explains where the passion comes from. I did, okay, not, I did yeah. not know that uh, this, I did not know you would, gr- I did not know you grew up with that kind of very important shadow yes. of, of yes. time and, and meaning. I didn't know that. So sorry, I took you away from the 1861 yes, constitution. Yeah, you. let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. Let's What's go back. nice, we're going back yeah, and forth. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, so 1861, uh, so, so uh, 18, 18, 1843 constitution, a geographic federal constitution, uh, led to the clashes of 1860 because of the unease in each minority in each camp. Uh, uh, Druze of the Matan uh, and uh, uh, Maronites and Shuf, yeah. uh, uh, etc. But it led to what it led to, and uh, now the uh, Richard von Metternich had to sort of devise a different solution. And by that time, you need to recall that um, the likes of uh, Fichte, von Herder uh, 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 had 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 uh, the idea of a nation state had become sort of a fashionable this is yeah. the the era where yeah. the kingdoms were collapsing but right. something new was coming about yes. yeah. which is the nation state yeah. the fact that you have organic belonging and you needed to fit the the boundaries of your uh, new nation yes uh, the boundaries of the state Within to the that nation. of yes. the nation right uh, so later followed by Michelet and later the famous Renan, uh, what Qu'est-ce qu'une nation is, well, everybody knows Qu'est-ce qu'une nation is his uh, lecture uh, at the Sorbonne, etc. Et so there's a nationalism in Europe, there's an Arab Renaissance, if you will, literature here. Absolutely, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. So, so, okay, so, so that, 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 that was the, that was the uh, flavor of that century, yeah. which was, uh, uh, and, and these guys came and looked and saw different nations. Yes. Now they asked the Ottomans, what do you call these guys? They said millet. Yeah. Millet. Yeah. Millet is a word that means nations. Mm. They And they perceived us as nations. Not the Sunni. The Sunni were Ummah. Mm. It's different. Mm. They have a different mm. situation. Yeah. They were. Yeah. But the, all the others were big, 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 big nations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they said, okay, fine. This is how. Let's organize how these nations will function. And they did an ethnogeographic federal system, which called the Mutasarrifiya, yeah. which lasted. Now, if you look at the famous book that was just published a couple of years ago by uh, Ingen Akarli. Yes, actually, the, auto, the, twi- uh, 
What is it called? Ottoman. Uh, um, no, no, no. It's it's called the the the, uh, the long piece. The long piece. Ah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. I, I have it. It's amazing. I did an episode with someone. I going to guess you probably have disagreements with Charles Hayek. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> he recommended this. We talked about this book. Yes, actually, it's a good book. Fantastic book. It's a good book. And, and uh, 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 he, he explains in the in the in the preface of the book that he actually, obviously, it's an Ottoman view. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. No, no doubt, uh, Charles like it because it's Ottoman. But that's a different <laughs> uh, topic. Uh, 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 but but the guy says uh, Engen Akali writes that. Started his research in the seventies. So mm, the guy mm. spent the time yeah. needed to be spent before he publishes his book, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said, if you look at what Lebanon represent in the Ottoman Empire versus the uh, the size of the document yeah. available at dealing with that topic is outrageous. I mean, how come the Ottoman Empire, the the, the guys out there? And they have they have something else to do, right? Just yeah. to manage these guys. These it's a lot very of, interesting. Yeah. So, why is it that there's so much literature on that small piece of land in the Ottoman Empire where it's it doesn't represent even one percent of it? Right. And he went in. in okay, then he concludes. Ultimately, that's the conclusion. Had the Ottoman Empire accepted? The solutions it, it applied on Lebanon, mm. meaning of ethno-geographic federalism, it would probably be today. So it would not have collapsed. It would have thrived. That's, That's his that conclusion. The Mutasarrafi Lebanon. Yes, had he had he right. had, had the Ottomans replicated yeah. that model, what is it all about? It's about sub- subsidiarity, mm-hmm. the concept of empowering local. Uh, populations, communities, that coupled with don't forget that the Shahab family is a Sunni family from Quraysh. The Shahab family. When they were to govern Mount Lebanon, they converted to Christianity. Under whose blessing? The Ottoman Empire. Imagine an empire that is Sunni accepts that a royal family from Quraysh, from Quraysh, some say even uh, related to the Prophet, converts to Christianity to, ma- to rule, that's Eus religio. It's a reality. You want to rule, you have the, to be part of the population. That's it. So if you combine these two the way they did, then you could have peace. And that's why I say sovereignty is a crap. Because who cares about sovereignty? I mean, we had the Ottoman Empire. Did we care? We have a saying in Mount Lebanon that goes, What does it mean? <laughs> this is, this, no, no, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Probably you're a bourgeois from Beirut, but I'm a mountaineer from Mount Lebanon. I'm a, I'm a filet. I'm not nobility. Uh, I'm neither bourgeois or from Beirut. Although I feel, okay, I feel you're, like I'm you're Beirut. A citadin. You're, you're a citadin, right? You're a, you're a citadin. You're a, you're a city... I'm an urban, urban, urban planner, whatever who call fundamentally believes in sovereignty. So hold on, hold on. Wait, so wait, yeah, 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 wait, yeah, wait, wait, let me finish, okay. let me finish. So yes. all I'm saying is, what does it mean? Sultan, uh, it means because I have water, electricity, ability to run my life, I don't care what 
Yeah. The Sultan in Istanbul right. does with uh, uh, Charlequin or, sure. or, or, or uh, I don't know, uh, Louis XIV or whomever. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's why sovereignty is a concept, it's an abstract. It's a, it's a flawed idea. It's uh, okay, well, you know what? I, so I'm going to, the, the 10 points, we need to get into them as much as you'd like to get into them, because I want to really understand the, the details, but I have to say it because if I skip over it, it would be odd. I have to, uh, I have to both stubbornly disagree and also stand up for something that I fundamentally believe in. Now, the sovereignty experience in Lebanon has not worked for sure. Sovereign Lebanon collapsed. We don't know it because we grew up in a non-sovereign Lebanon. And I think we've spent our whole life in this country from nine years apart in a country without sovereignty. We don't have it. We have a shadow of it. There is a state with a flag. There's a passport. There's something that is called Lebanon. It's not very impressive. Um, it doesn't reform. It doesn't function. And it's, uh, I mean, within we've gone, what, over an hour, electricity cut out maybe once with a lightning strike. That's actually not bad. That's how bad the situation is. So I, I'll take it as far as I can and try to bring it back. I think full control over the state and its most important aspects is a necessity. It cannot be the role of subsidiary provinces or cantons. I do not believe in a South Lebanon that is Hezbollah dominated and a North Lebanon that is Turkish fundamentalist Daesh, whatever you want to call it, Takfiri infiltrated and a Mount Lebanon that is hiding for its safety in a Shuf that is also equally anxious. That's not the Lebanon that I want. And I don't think that is the natural evolution of this country. Right, you, there's a distinction that you just made, which is true in political science, which is called the legal state versus the true state. Mm. Uh, uh, or the legal country versus mm. the true country. Mm. Legal country is exactly what you refer to, the flag, uh, the UN seat. Uh, the currency that doesn't currency, worth anything. Exactly. Yeah. The real country, be real, is an even more important mm. uh, concept in political science, in political analysis. Mm. Not about political science. And once where we disagree is where is that legal where that legal country is what is right. it uh, composed of mm. what is so my view is that it con it is composed of various nations your view is that there's a citizen and a state uh, and i this is where we yes exactly and within that relationship there is vibrant diversity that cannot be dismissed and it's real in other words there's no point in trying to homogenize uh, this country. You would throw it away if you did that. It wouldn't be Lebanon. But those differences don't intrude on having what looks to be like just a normal country that does not let conflict into its borders. I, th I think that is the, that, that is where the line is always. It's, it's, I, like, I like the way you uh, laid it out. 
imagined and real or legal 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 legal, legal versus reality yes. yeah i i think the goals are the same so uh, uh, in switzerland uh, not so long ago one of the cantons had uh, was a uh, 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 reported actually uh, to uh, the kingdom of prussia mm. where is sovereignty in that It's sovereignty and neutrality. That's the story of yeah, Switzerland. Yeah, but, but wait a second. Yeah. All I'm saying is that no, no, no. You just need to... Pushing the envelope. All mm. I'm saying is you <laughs> need to let people be. Be. Express who they are. Good or bad. We each have our own demons. We each, we each have our own demons. We have to fight them. We have to... Uh, and I think our demons will fade away once we apply self-rule. Meaning, once the shit will have to, will will cease feeling threatened, not by Israel, trust me, from my point of view. Israel is a weaponization. I think they're threatened by the Sunni, and that's my take on it. But what do I do? Uh, uh, so I think they're threatened by Iran. That's also the interesting difference. Iran? Yeah, I right, think explain. it's a community that is held hostage. Okay. I don't think Shia are expressing themselves. I think it's a community that has a problem that is not theirs. This is also where the where the line is again. I, I don't think Shia are trying to. They're not living within demons like Hezbollah. I think they're suffocating and they're forced. Okay. But who can, it's up to them to rebel and mm. we need to give them, to empower them to do so. So it's not a shared responsibility. Absolutely, it is not. I mean, because if it becomes a shared responsibility, how will it will turn into sectarian infighting? I mean, I cannot go and uh, 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 reform uh, Shia dogma. Who am I? How do I? This is called ethnocentrism. You know what ethnocentrism you're, you're is. You're right. You can't. You can't reform. None, none of us can reform dogma, but we can also collectively prevent regional war in Lebanon. I think we can do that. I don't think that's um, that's not. Eth- but there's a fine line there. There's a fine line there, which is uh, 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 culture, soft power, cultural dominance. Hezbollah's security in Dahi and in the south, their weapons, I think are more important than Shia in security or dogma. Fair enough, yeah. but it's up to the Shia to say so, not up to me. This is oh. exactly what federalism allows right. them to do. So it's not up to us, it's up to them. Absolutely. I don't like that narrowed down version of this country. It makes us. It makes me feel like they're not... Like we're more different than I believe. That they are threatened by Hezbollah differently than I am. Therefore, it's their burden. I think they're suffering as much as me. You think, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's whether they are or they are not. Who am I to say so? 
Hmm. It's their yeah. burden. They need to bear to make the. Uh, the, the, the now there, there's a fundamental also difference is uh, the, the, the states that succeed are those where the various components or citizens or whatever you want to call them mm. uh, understand or are empowered to actually design the rules under which they govern themselves. Okay? Now, if I don't allow them or if I don't give them that ability to design the system under which they want to live and suffer the consequences thereof, mm. how will they change? I mean, it's a license to, to keep it the way it is, of course. Let's go down your road. Federalism solves these problems long term. Let's go into the steps, the 10 steps okay. and why the Mutasarafiya model is the right one. So I'm going to let you, on your terms, say as much as you'd like. We talked just a little bit about the first principle. You, you brought it up earlier, national narratives. And I think they cannot be discounted in any way possible. There are layered identities. There is threads throughout the region that cannot be dismissed. But is there anything you'd like to add on that point when it comes to subsidiaries and governance? Uh, just to say one thing again and again and again, Sect is identity, and that has a deep, deep-rooted meaning into what is self-rule and how do you ensure that uh, 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 um, um, accountability systems are not uh, hijacked by sectarian uh, 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 instincts. Mm. Uh, the only way to do so is to ensure that uh, ruler and ruled are of the same thing. By doing so, you ensure that uh, I can freely uh, 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 hold people accountable for their doing and their wrongdoing and not be labeled as sectarian and not give them that shield of their community. So that's the corner principle that has designed. Where is it coming from? Mm. Bear with just a second. Yeah, of course. In the 16th century Europe, uh, uh, Protestantism broke uh, 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 and challenged uh, Catholic faith. Yes, and it was the, uh, until then. Up until then, Europe was governed under what is called Respublica Christiana, which was theorized by Saint Thomas Aquinas. It's like one kingdom, yeah. and with, with various chieftains here and there, big and small, etc. Now, they, it was the first time diversity as a was a re religious reality in. In, in the in the in the quote unquote Respublica Cristiana. Yeah. They didn't know about diversity. Anything that was not Catholic was yeah. carved out, literally. And in that sense, even including Jews and Islam and you yes. know Spain, yeah. etc., in that sense, the Muslim world was much more permissive because it didn't give political power to minorities, but it welcomed them. Right. This is where right. the Jews went, etc. So, very interesting uh, state of openness to diversity at the time. There was no diversity possible in that Christian realm of the time. Now, there were two religions. And there was this, what is called the German Civil War, the whole Empire Civil War that goes from uh, uh, Belgium down to Italy and from Eastern France to, to uh, Austria. 
every single village was on fire it was like uh, because the the the, the the Protestant faith at the white was had become widespread. Uh, in 50, 1555 in Augsburg, a fundamental uh, uh, event took place where they gathered all the uh, um, uh, um, um, representative of the various princes and kings and, and including the, 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 the Catholic Church and they needed to come up with a solution. They needed to come up with a solution which they were facing, and that that was a, at a village level, right? There was no geography; it was all over the place. And they came up with that prince, fundamental principle, cuius regio, eius religio, and that enabled what is called the uh, Westphalia Peace, eighteen sixteen forty eight, which designed the borders of modern Europe as we know it, obviously plus or minus, and led to exactly the Europe that we know and why it is designed and carved out the way it is that that those lines that go from that village to this village and that village to this village, it's because of religion, not anything else. And where, the, where there were single religion, then they moved to ethnicity or uh, uh, language, etc. So, the point is, this is where this is coming from. And we've known this firsthand when a Sunni nobility that was managing or ambition to rule Mount Lebanon had to convert to Christianity in the Ottoman Empire. They were not under a different empire, they were not under Christian domination. So it's really like looking at Samuel Huntington's research with Bernard Lewis's history and looking at nationalism as the driving force of modern history and re-examining Ottoman minorities as nations and letting them self-determine their fate. It's, uh, it's, I think that's understood it's, as... Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's for principle number one. Yeah, but, but that also, in a way, nicely fits into principle number two on self-government because you use that European example... And it also, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it also touches on localism and subsidiarism, number three. Absolutely. So in a way, that th- those are the three, and uh, they may be the most important parts Absolutely. of they are. of it, uh, but also of how you're looking at the problem. Absolutely. More than anything, if I could find a right way to say this one day, I, I'll I'll say it somehow that that is where people don't see eye to eye. I think that is it. People look at. It's that old debate between Bernard Lewis and Edward Said. It's that old debate between... Um, I don't know it. Oh, you, oh. Uh, is, is, is it documented in a, some... Uh, Edward Said wrote uh, Orientalism. Yeah, yeah. Which has it. been... <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> exactly. I assumed, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Bernard Lewis wrote uh, a very, very important Ottoman history book and also a more recent book on what went wrong which was the fate of the Ottoman Empire okay. and, and Islamic I history. Oh, okay. I can give it to you. I have okay. it here. I'll just give um, you the name. I'll take the name. Sure. Because I have both. <laughs> I hate... I hate. Uh, uh, um, 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 I, I want my books. And I don't, oh, yeah. and I don't uh, lend the books. So I'm sure it's available. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you can't find it, I'll give you this version. But, um, but it's the same thing with Huntington and maybe even... 
others that would discount that way of looking at it. So that I think these three points, national narrative, self-government, and localism, I think that's where the friction is. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's if you don't mind, let's yeah. jump from there to point four, which I thought was interesting. Solidarity. Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you say as much as you'd like on that section? I don't want to speak. This is this is this is this is a, a you cannot give uh, accept subsidiarity localism without and and this is without without solidarity mm. because one without the other is. Uh, 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 is a uh, how to say it uh, uh, empowering people to actually manage their own lives but not burdening them with the obligation to cater for others uh, becomes uh, selfishness uh, and, 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 and putting solidarity without the ability for people to s- cater for their own lives, to be in control of their own destiny, is called in French assistanat. It's a support system. It's a communism, ultimately, where you force... On so one and the other mm. go hand in hand. And this derives from fundamentally... I know it's very specific. Uh, this is the uh, social doctrine of the Catholic Church. Mm. Uh, where solidarity is a key, key pillar that uh, you cannot thrive on your own. It is morally uh, reprehensible for you to actually thrive on your own. You need to engage. And that is fundamental, and it's a corollary to power. If I give you power, it's not for you to become rich on your own. It's actually to share that wealth. So I'm not going to give you subsidiarity without solidarity. So this is sectarian socialism. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) This is like so funny. I never, I, I, it's, it's nice to hear it the way you're describing it because you've got this very astute historical lens and I'm I'm sorry. The la- the laughter is actually not meant to be uh, condescending. No, no, it's, it's not taken. It's, it's that I see it exactly. I I now understand where you're coming from. Uh, you're you're recreating the autonomous experience and making it something that could work again. But I see it now. I see where you're coming from. But uh, I'm. But wait a second. When I say solidarity, it has no uh, uh, sectarian. Uh, boundaries at all. I, I'm saying at the municipal. I'm talking politics here, not right. individuals. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all I'm saying is, for instance, let's say you're a, a successful municipality, because mm. as you've seen later, yeah. the 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 smallest political unit is municipal. Right. We're talking about these. Right. Yeah, now, yeah, now yeah. these are empowered. Yes. The question is, should they thrive on their own because of subsidiarity, or are they morally obligated to share their wealth? to thrive collectively with their environment. Right. What is this their environment in the case of Lebanon? It's that mosaic that yes. I'm talking about. So just to give you a very yeah. simple example, Deir mm. uh, al-Amar has, my hometown, has very nice historical uh, uh, heritage. It's my favorite town in, in this country. It's beautiful. I, it's, my, it's beautiful. There's nothing like it. It's beautiful. Uh, I have some anecdote for you later on. Uh, you come okay. up, we chop off your balls. <laughs> no, no, just, 
The old. Uh, that's, that's 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 further south. Yeah, that's, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's that's same so, mountain, different exactly. village. Exactly, yeah. different village. Not so far away. We have women. <laughs> we take but, balls. <laughs> so. Uh, the the uh, it's called exchange. It's uh, the clash of civilizations. I thought, yeah, you said it. It's exactly. This is an, a, a, an expression of the of the beauty. The beauty of diversity. That's the be- <laughs> that was an expression. That was the, that was a lovely uh, exchange. Yes. Uh, uh, so we all celebrated Lebanon <laughs> that day. Uh, Sorry. Please, let's get serious. Yes. Yes. Okay. So then uh, Amar. Uh, has its uh, uh, monuments and other is and uh, there's a, that number of tourists that visited uh, um, on on summer or over summer whatever but suddenly these guys realize uh, that neighboring town uh, let's say uh, Baalin mm, yeah. beautiful city as well mm-hmm. beautiful beautiful palaces etc but for whatever reason, uh, and it's not the case, but for whatever reason, they are abandoned. Some yeah. of them are actually yeah. beautiful palaces, but they are uh, in a, in a uh, uh, the interest, best interest of the guys here is to say, you know what, our tourists come and spend the day and then leave. Mm. We want to get them to come and spend two days mm. or three days. Mm. But what do we have to offer? Right. On our own, we have this, whatever, but it's not enough. Right. So we need to team up with our neighbor. Mm. So if our neighbor cannot, on his own, by his own taxes, bring up to level those historical monuments, we have to help him. It's our best interest anyway. So with these municipalities that share responsibility, does that fit into the next principle, which was sovereignty? Uh, Canton no. sovereignty. No. Sorry, is that is no, that part of it? No, it has unrelated. nothing to do. Unrelated. Uh, totally unrelated. Okay. Cantonal sovereignty is a totally different concept that is related to the national narrative. Oh, I see. So it's not that municipalities collectively within one canton... No, municipalities no. Oh. are... Uh, are are pushed to collaborate cross cantonal. Why? Because mm. infrastructure is cut in two, mm. mainly. So Baalin and Del Amar are not in the same canton. No, but their shared responsibility among municipalities. Absolutely, because because they have a shared interest right. on mostly everything. What is called the hard infrastructure. Yeah. Roads. Yes. Same roads leads to both towns. Yeah. Internet. Electricity. May I ask though, if that's I, I, I actually subscribe to this. I think this local empowerment, whatever, yeah, this bottom up way of rethinking problems is very attractive. But is it so difficult to have these two relatively close towns in the same canton? Is it strictly a problem of sect? That yes. Baalin yes. cannot be in the same canton. Yes, for a reason, a very simple reason. Yeah. One is Christian, one is Druze. That's really it. I mean, that's that, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. Identity, mm. not religion. Mm. Meaning, uh, uh, do you wear scarf in public spaces or not? Do you uh, do you shut down on Friday or on Sunday? What do you teach your kids? I'm gonna give you a key figure. Fakhreddin. Mm. Fakhreddin is, and that's my grandpa's legacy. Not only did he write many, many books, and my dad as well on Fakhreddin. Uh, but 
uh, is also the founding father, if you want, of that country, right? It's a Druze. Well, the Maronites and the Druze don't share the same view on Fakhreddin. That's true. For us, Fakhreddin is the founder of Lebanon. Mm. For the Druze, Fakhreddin is the emir of the Druze. Nothing to do with Lebanon. But there is enough common space for that to work because I don't think they discount him in any way. Oh, of course not. His values. He's he's valued in a way. No, sorry, sorry. Uh, Let me say this again. I don't think the Christian or whatever, the non Druze, reint. Fakhreddin is not the most important person in history, but he's one of the founding fathers of modern Lebanon. Of course. I think all communities, all sects, I think, agree to that. And that's, that's enough. That's, yeah, that's enough for it to work. The Druze can feel more attached to him. They can make him... No, they, they're saying it's a different figure. They oh, say, oh, what they say oh. is, the one that is in Yerzi, on the horse, with his... Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, this is the Maronites, which is partly true, uh, uh, construct of Fakhreddin. They say, and maybe they're right, that Fakhreddin didn't have Lebanon in mind. He had, and I think that makes sense, the Druze in mind when he dominated that region. Mm. He needed the Christians because of demographics and because of education and whatever, and because of labor. I mean, Anna, mm. I'm named, my name is Bistani. Mm. I'm a Fileh, right? My grandpa is a Fileh. We came to Dar al-Amar because it was the capital city, like the yeah. way now yes. people come, yeah. come to Beirut. Yeah. Where did we come from? Bar-Asha. Bar-Asha is a small town, 10 minutes off Sherry. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. all I'm saying is these, the, 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 the Fakhreddin is a great figure. He's a brilliant commander. He's a, uh, uh, he's a leader. He, but he had in mind his kingdom. That's Nothing true. was called Lebanon. You're right. And the Ottomans killed him because he was becoming a little more than a Druze king. Of course. Yeah, so that so it's both are true. Yeah. I hear yeah. you. I hear yeah. you. No, but I mean, does that does that interfere with why Ba'lin and Dar al-Amar should be in the same yeah. Yes, it's called it's called soft infrastructure. I'll give you another example. We want to teach our kids that uh Say, you know, the first Sherbil. Sherbil? Uh, uh, the Sherbil. The, no, no, the no. first Sherbil. Who is the first Sherbil precisely? Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Back in 107. <laughs> this is, a, yes. In, 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 Syria. in Urfa. Yeah. Edessa, Turkey. Today. Yeah, right, yes. There was a high priest, you know, uh, at the time of the Roman Empire, the Roman was, the, Roman, the emperor was Pontifex, hmm. was yeah. The highest priest, right. the Pope. Yes. Then, when Christianity came, the, the the emperor stopped, ceased becoming the Pope, and handed over the Pontifex, the Pope, the Papal, the spiritual, to the Pope. Yeah. But in, before that, it, it was the same. His representative, the leading figure of Edessa, was a high priest called Chermil. Hmm. This guy, a pagan, converted. Okay? Chermil... Uh, uh, Converted to Christianity. Hmm. Trajan, the emperor, was furious that a high priest in a key city, which was Edessa, converted to Christianity, chopped his head. Hmm. Let's assume that I want to put that, I, not me personally, but 
collectively we decide that it should be in a manual a scholar ma a scholar uh, the the school's manuals to uh, in, uh, teach the kids why would Druze Sunni Shia be involved in that decision it's non it's nobody's decision to make sorry excuse me <laughs> I have I, I have the right to exist I have the right to perpetuate my history it is a hard thing to have any national narrative in this country that supersedes everyone it may even be impossible but I still don't know why that should get in the way of having two villages or two towns that can naturally fit together separate I, I still, I what still, do you mean separate they have, they're, 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 their power is subsidiarity gives their uh, is a, uh, the entire power to do whatever they want let me, let and me to th- put together what they have yeah. in common mm. and to separate what separates them naturally let me throw it differently Zurich and Lugano yeah loosely using this example yeah, yeah. Switzerland I think are vastly different experiences through time than Del Amr and Ba'alin yeah I, I, I think I could be wrong I could be wrong but that's my assumption that German and Italian histories in Switzerland and whether it's language or whether it's whatever uh, those national feelings and identities are far more profound than um, the Druze and the Maronites of neighboring villages. I somehow believe that. and Because you, uh, well, for two reasons. Because you're a highly cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan person. And a stupid idiot. No, 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 no. Uh, and you look uh, at matters from uh, 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 afar. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna, it's more like I'm gonna at, yeah. I'm gonna give you examples about mm. Switzerland. Um, uh, Bern uh, is a is a canton in uh, in in Switzerland, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's and, the cap, capital. Yeah, yeah it's the, the capital, right, and yeah. it's canton de Bern. Yeah. Part of it was the Jura. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now the Jura is have uh, Bern is ninety percent uh, Protestant, and mm. the Jura is. Catholic mainly, but some uh, part of it. They spent four centuries fighting the Protestants. Until in 1975, there was a, almost a civil war in Switzerland. You just Google it. Death, bombs, etc. For a, for a, almost a year. The authorities decided that you Look, guys, you cease your activity, your uh, hostile activity, and by in four, year, four years, 1979, you're going to have a referendum where you will choose whether you want to separate from Bern mm-hmm. or remain. 1979 comes the referendum day, and the Catholics in the Jura decide to move, uh, have their own canton, and the other yes. part of Jura right. stay with. Uh, the other part of Jura, yeah. the Protestant part, stay with Bern. Mm. They decided. Okay. Mm. Remains a town which was undecided. It was called Moutier. Okay. Uh, Moutier is the Belfast, the Swiss Belfast, they call it. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, it's almost 50 50. So they said, okay, you know what? We're going to put uh, 40 years, we're on the referendum. Until then, it's managed separately. We're going to, uh, etc. In 2017, they run the referendum on Moutier, in Moutier. In the town of Muchi, mm. the same town, 
2017, four or five years ago, in Switzerland, in Switzerland, 99% of the Catholics vote to go with Girard, and 99% of the Protestants vote to go with Bayer. And the debate was, what the heck, how come religion is the dominant decision-making factor in Switzerland yeah. in 2017? I understand that, uh, yeah. So, but uh, same town. Yeah, it's not like two sure, neighboring sure. towns. It's the same freaking town. <laughs> so, in other words, these differences are simply immutable. They cannot be erased, no matter how much time passes. These are permanent differences, no matter how small or how how little at times they feel they matter. I'll accept this, that we should respect those types of differences. But within the federalism sphere, um, there's a principle that I wanted you to maybe elaborate on a little more. I understood that both structure and governance, this is part six and seven, principle six and seven, you're in a way applying what feels familiar to me when I lived in the U.S., which is multiple layers of authority, and they don't have all, they don't all share the same responsibility. The federal sphere the state, the city, the county, whether in Lebanon, it's the municipality, the canton, and whatever. Is this just simply a uh, sharing responsibilities in a way that it doesn't, doesn't infringe on sectarian identity and lets administration function properly? Is this just trying to clean up the mess? No, it's, uh, it's, it's, its purpose is to do what is called a decoupling uh, uh, oh. uh, um, framework, whereby uh, we're uh, handing over to the federal government uh, what the federal government needs to uh, be uh, entrusted with, uh, meaning mainly foreign policy, uh, defense, and uh, issuing paper money or money. Right. So these are sort of the regalian, the, 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 the federal uh, powers. Uh, uh, and limited, uh, I assume. Yeah, yeah they're, they're limited. But the beauty of it is that uh, uh, since uh, the, way, the way it's constructed is the following, you know, the municipalities would uh, each vote to which canton it belongs. And once it does, this creates the geography. Mm. that is mm. colored by those various colors that everybody mocks uh, and and <laughs> i'm including them in the episode i'm actually going to have it embedded so okay. people, people can see it okay yeah. and then you have a, a a second layer which is the cantonal uh, and then you have the four parliaments because you have if you have four cantons you have four parliaments four prime ministers and four governments and these four prime ministers uh, they meet and form the uh, presidential council or the federal government, and it's all by rotation. So this is really like Switzerland. Yes, that's. I think that is the Swiss model. It is right. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so they and they share at the top, so uh, mm. they can be president of the federation, and it's rotative, uh, one per year. Uh, now, but what the decision, the decisions that need to be made at federal level require unanimity. So everybody knows that he has a veto power, that he can block. So whenever we disagree on a matter at sovereign level, yes. usually it's a no decision because somebody is blocking if there's a disagreement. But more importantly, your 
quality of internet is not hindered because yeah, the other guy had a great mm. tender for internet but mm. because you didn't side with him mm. on the sovereign cosmic issue then he's going to block the tender that uh, to actually improve on the internet at uh, your grandma's uh, village so that's the decoupling uh, theory whereby mm. everything that is below is managed below that's in subsidiarity everything is managed at the nearest to the concerned parties so the the uh, you know in belgium for instance or in switzerland you can stay years without a federal government that's and, true and then it functions it, it works they, they, sometimes a joke that they have the longest uh, stretch yeah yeah absolutely. Without, without but i mean belgium is doing fine who cares? yeah who, who cares? it's the federal government that's not exactly yeah yeah who cares who cares? So we disagree whether we're going to invade Russia or no, go and invade uh, uh, Latin America. Okay, let's disagree on that global cosmic strategy or maybe go to Mars or no, don't go to Mars. There's another... Uh, uh, okay, yeah, let them disagree. But what I want, I want the internet. I want sewage system. I want a decent life. I want freedom. I want quality education. This is what I want. I'm going to interrupt one point here before we get into the last few principles. The reason I think Switzerland is a success story is because they were able to preserve their form of government or their form of power sharing during the world's worst wars. And I think it's what they did is really what's important, not their differences and how they preserved them. It's how they collectively said no. Yes. Does that resonate with you Absolutely. at all? Absolutely. I totally agree. So neutrality is not something that you would equally say as crap. No. Ne- it is, but is but but I, I I'm not a dogmatic. Mm. Mm. Okay. Except for yeah. what I believe in, but yeah, sure. for <laughs> That's the definition <laughs> of dogmatic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm not a dogmatic meaning I don't come to uh, neutrality by dogma uh, as right. a principle. Right. Yeah. I'm saying I'm the construct, the way it's designed, the mechanics mm. of the federal system mm, mm. will uh, result in uh, neutrality de facto, not de jure. De facto, because if you disagree, you cannot decide. So guess what? You're going to be neutral. Yeah. Uh, let's attack Saudi Arabia. Somebody's going to say, no, you know what? No. Okay. Let's go and invade Iran. Somebody's going to say, you know what? Not, not this time. Let's go and kill the Pope. No, we don't want to do that. That's a very aggressive Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Over ambitious. But it's, it's, it's uh, a natural neutrality as opposed to a state policy. Anyway, that's a chimera, a dream. You, you simply cannot... But it's what we have. Anyone, we anyone with his right mind think that we're going to convince if you want the jury... Uh, uh, neutrality you need to convince the UN and then you need to have uh, your neighbor sign are our neighbors going to sign to our uh, neutrality ain't going to happen come no, on no but what we had we had what feels like a neutral phase that's it's small it's short the 1967 war that destroyed every country did not destroy Lebanon there's not yeah. one bullet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. i think that is that is something that we prevented from entering our border. But wait then. a second. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why uh, uh, mainly the Sunni were so angry about uh, uh, Lebanon's 
position during that war and they favored a very aggressive presence of the Palestinians precisely because they felt that Lebanon didn't stand up to their expectations right. in terms of uh, that that uh, bond and that, that aggression that they felt Israel had made. That's true, so, that's true. You're right. But there are three years where that expression was not violent. Correct, Na- correct. Yeah, correct. and, and, and 1970, Lebanon doesn't sign the Cairo Agreement wanting to enter hell. That's I think that's... That's something that I I really I appreciate I appreciate any mode of governance that solves our problems, but I don't want to discount what did work in recent history as well. I think that's also something that I I hesitate with often, which is throwing away the whole experiment of modern Lebanon. I do I do think that there are noble attempts. Yes. We, yeah, and I I, I would rather build on those rather than, you know, turn off the engine completely. Hell is, wi- hell is paved with good intentions, right? <laughs> You've got all the right sayings. No, no, but, but you know, yeah, this is the, yeah. it was the, the, the path, what, what matters is the yeah. path. Yeah. Whether the intentions were good. I'm, or the experiment. It was a great country. It was an amazing country. Don't you think I love it the way it was? And I look at those pictures. That I'm, I he listened to my dad talking about those years. Yeah. My dad is a university teacher. Okay, he used to tell me, uh, and he still tells me, that he lived as a teacher, like a king. Yeah, he he had the same pay as uh, that was the as a as a president of the republic. They yeah. have the same grade and the same pay in the Lebanese uh, uh, payroll system, public mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. He used to travel every year with with his university teachers pay yeah it's a great experience i mean you know it 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 i don't i love that country i i I sort of i i weep when i see those pictures but in reality it was the road to serfdom it was it was hell waiting to happen because we haven't dealt with the fundamental issues we just uh, uh, put them under the carpet I appreciate this way of looking at it. I like this exchange, really. I actually like that the, the, these two roads are kind of a little closer than they seem sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, they're, in a way, not so parallel. They do converge at points, too. Well, they converge. But, well, go ahead. No, no, I, I just I, I like going down this road with you. I, I will take it back to uh, principle. Uh, well, we talked about principle six. Let's talk about principle seven, governance. All federal authorities, including federal government, are modeled on the basis of a governing council. And I think that's what you referred to as the Switzerland model. Yeah, the unanimous. The unanimous rotation. Direct democracy. Uh, well, that seems huge. That this is this is this is key. Yeah. Okay. In in the uh, in in our uh, uh, jargon, when we uh, current. Uh, political expressions uh, we have the same we use the same word to say vote and elect mm. okay uh, is the same word it means true. the yeah. same thing in our political life yes uh, what i'm proposing is that these two concepts and obviously i didn't invent anything uh, 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 mean two totally different things electing is when you elect your township mm. your uh, 
MPs or whomever. Yeah. Voting is when you vote on projects, passed or is a referendum mm. at mm. municipal, mm. cantonal, or federal level. Mm. So the point is, let's say I've elected a mayor and I'm very on his team and I'm very happy with their performance. Yeah. But these guys suddenly they want the metro line to uh, go next to my home. Yeah. And I'm not happy with this. Yeah. So I gather enough signatures and 15% of the electoral body and I go and put that project, that specific project, next Monday on a referendum vote. If they get 51%, so be it. If they don't get 51%, irrespective of the municipality decision, it's cancelled. It's gone. It's over. Interesting. So this is really like a... It's a check and balance. Yeah, right. You keep right. them under, in a leash, under a, how do you, yeah. I don't know how to say it in English, but you, no, uh, yeah. you breathe over their necks. You're happy with their performance, but this project I don't like. Right. So let's say they're doing great, but they want to, they want to, they want to, they want to ban alcohol. Wait a second. You want to ban alcohol? You're doing a great job. As a, as a, as a, as a yeah. team, but that topic, let's have a, let's have it on a, on a if 51% go for it, then okay, fine. Ask you yet, in, in Lebanon, recent history, have we, have we had one referendum? No. Never. In, in the whole independent no. Lebanon, did we no. ever have any referendum? No, it doesn't exist. It doesn't no. exist here. No. Yeah. That's interesting too, yeah. that you would want to have at least local referendums in a country. Absolutely. Yeah. It's for, forget, forget federal. I mean, just have. But just note that even yeah. France doesn't doesn't have this. So yeah, it's a, it's right. A, it's a it's yeah. a very dairy proposition. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, France it, is just a, like, a, and it's wait, it's a par, uh, it's by popular initiative. Right. So it, uh, you trigger you as a citizen trigger it. But Rather I, than yeah. uh, uh, the, 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 the authority. Yes, calls so it's popular it. will. Yeah. But in a way, this does make sense. You take any example of a country that has some form of provincial autonomy or even parliament. Uh, the United Kingdom is famous for its referendums. I was in Scotland when they voted on, on, on two things. Voted on Scottish yeah, independence, independence and... Course something like 51 to 49 yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was the most peaceful experience it's possible beautiful. 49% lost and yet they accepted it's done there's yeah. no question uh, 51% of the UK voted for Brexit, Brexit. and Scotland had to go along with it even though it was something like overwhelming majority of Scotland uh, wanted, wanted, to, wanted to stay in the EU of course. and there's often talk about how to make it happen but that's talk and I, I appreciate that even Quebec its nationalism yeah, yeah, yeah. is mitigated when they lose. Of course. They, they simply will not become an independent. But that democracy is the dictatorship of the majority, of the 51%. This is what it is. Which means when you apply that to a multicultural landscape, you have a dictatorship along sectarian lines. And this is exactly the problem. That's why you need to go back to principle no, I, number one. I appreciate that local referendums make sense. But local know. referendums are open to all residents, irrespective of where which cantonal citizenship they belong sure, to. Sure, yes. So that's the beauty of it. And, and Because I'm paying taxes. Sure. So I, I, live, I live in Tripoli. Yes. I'm paying taxes in Tripoli. Yeah. But I'm not happy with that decision. Right. Even in Scotland, I remember non-residents... Oh, sorry. 
non-British residents could vote because they simply lived there. Of course. I was a student. I had the right to determine the future of Scotland. Which It's I amazing. Was, was so, I thought it was unfair. It's like, you don't want yeah, me to. Yeah, maybe. But they insist on it. They're like, no, if you live here, you're you part have of to, it. You yeah. have to. I, yeah. No, I, that I can, I can subscribe to fully. So you, and and, and it, it ties nicely with the fact that I need to mention that there are three layers of governance. I don't mm. know if we're talking about that. The municipal residencies where you reside and yes. where you pay your taxes and you, obviously you can reside yeah. wherever you want you just abide by local law and you vote wherever you reside yes. irrespective of your uh, citizenship mm. citizenship is a cantonal concept so it goes back to whether right. you're yeah. Sunni, Shia, Druze or uh, 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 Christian and uh, you're a national so you have a Lebanese passport so three layers of Uh, 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 It's not the other way around, cantonal nationality and Lebanese citizenship? Very good point. Uh, it's debated all over the place, uh, but it's a very good point. Uh, the Sunni citizen? <laughs> I don't want to be a Sunni citizen. <laughs> but, but wait a second. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'd rather just... <laughs> no, no, but it's a citizenship oh. as opposed to the nationality. And, and yes, I would have thought, yeah. and, but it's a... The semantics here are touchy. Mm. You cannot say uh, 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 Sunni or Shia or Druze nationality within one country. It wouldn't work. You understand? So you have to keep the nationality. And that's the ultimate goal, yeah. is to have that, uh, uh, as we mentioned, mm. I mean, to move from organic uh, 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 identity Uh, to uh, constructed again just to give you two examples of 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 of, uh, of uh, philosophers who thought about this on the one hand you have uh, uh, the likes of as I mentioned uh, uh, Fichte and uh, 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 Schmidt uh, those who thought of the organic uh, 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 nationality or identity and the exact opposite you have the likes of uh, Uh, Rousseau, Fiddendorf, uh, who thought that uh, people are bound together by contract rather than yeah, by, right. uh, rather by yeah. organic uh, historical right. identity. That's true. So, in order to. Lebanon is a contract. Uh, 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 communities are our uh, uh, identities, uh, organic identities. Mm -hmm. So, to move from this to that, the federal project is that bridge that I think. Yeah can actually make that. If you look at the Swiss today, they're profoundly nationalistic for Switzerland. Yes. Rather than, of course, they are for their own canton, but also they are profoundly attached mm -hmm. to that. You can be on the border and you're still Swiss wholeheartedly. Abs absolutely. absolutely. yeah. So the beauty of that is that uh, 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 it, it, it came about because it respected their identities. But I think there's also something about letting enough diversity within your system of governance to allow for some pluralism, which is healthy. I, I don't know if it needs to be that nationalistic. Let, let, me, let me ask you another question. Principle nine is the roadmap of four nations in Lebanon. Those four nations are sects. And I'm assuming they're Maronites, and Shia, Druze. That's the four, yeah. I don't feel Sunni. Do I need to be part of the Sunni nation? Very good point. Yeah. And I have two answers for you. It's a great point. 
First. Am I forced into it? No, no, wait, wait a second, wait a second. I wake up. I feel more Japanese than French. <laughs> Say, I'm, I'm, I'm Pierre Lecoq, okay? I feel, sorry, sorry for you. I, I, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. sort of the, but, yes. wait a second, I can become French. I'm Lebanese, I'm not French. Mm-hmm. But I can become French. Yeah. Anybody can, simply, it's not, you can change your cantonal citizenship. Just to give you an example, mm. in Switzerland, if, uh, uh, um, Say Jurassien wants to become uh, a Vaudois. There's a process. Yeah. But he can. Here, the same. People, you, it's uh, what you believe in, and you will see it in the Constitution, however you read it, doesn't matter. Nobody is there to question you. Are you a believer in that faith? Or, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Once, you, once there's a citizenship, once there's a citizenship... I live in a Sunni nation, in a canton that's predominantly Sunni, and I'm not a fan of any of the Sunnis that are trying to govern. There's a Greek Orthodox guy, or a Shia woman, that I think is far more competent. Is she allowed to govern my canton? Of course not. Right. That's my problem with this whole but thing. But wait a second, wait yeah. a second. Wait, that, second. That's, wait, that's wait, the, wait, yeah. wait a second, wait a second. I like the of course not. Yeah, no, second. no, no, wait a second. <laughs> yes. Would... Would that person, uh, you want to hand over, well, you, that person can become a citizen Mm. and people can vote that person into power. Nothing by law prohibits that. Mm. The question Mm. is, will you make the necessary administrative um, uh, steps to make it happen? So that's where citizenship becomes the right. Absolutely. I mean, if the citizen... I don't care whether the citizen is a Buddhist, a Sunni, Shi'i, Christian. In my canton, I don't care if people vote him into power. He's a citizen, right? And people vote him into power. That's well, why. Well, that's well. why nationality and citizenship are the. I see. I see. Don't. It, it, it doesn't matter. Look at. Look at. Uh, uh, I don't know. To give you two examples. Yeah. The the first one is Arikatr. Arikat, by the time he wanted to become king of France, and he has this famous say, Paris vaut bien une messe. He was Protestant. Paris vaut bien une messe. Meaning, Paris is worth a, a, a mass. Yes. Yeah. Meaning, I, it's worth it for me to convert to, Catal- to Catholicism, right. which he did, to become <laughs> yeah. king. Yeah. Okay, so that's sort of the aspect of who governs who. Mm. You want to be like the ones you govern. Mm. Other example is, look at France. If, uh, I don't know, if Zemmour becomes president, he's a Jew. And he says it outright, I'm a Jew. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. He's a citizen. Nobody cares what he believes or he does not believe. He fits into the national, he super fits in the national narrative. That's a different topic. But, but. But that's, that's what, okay, let me, let me think, let me try to understand. Barack Hussein Obama. Did anyone care whether he was religiously, I mean, mm. agnostic, uh, atheist, Muslim or Christian? Nobody cares. He's profoundly attached to the United States. Right. But l- let me try to understand this more. Eric Zemmour is an Algerian Berberi Jew who, who's a French citizen, first and foremost. Yes, and absolutely. Is, right. Is that... And I, he doesn't appeal to me. I think he may appeal to 
He does appeal to me. He does appeal to you. Absolutely. Okay. So that that kind of this Puritan way of looking at citizenship and it's almost an absolutist way of saying you have to be one of us, otherwise you're not welcome. I, I don't like that kind of uh, forced uh, identity on yeah. those that are not as yeah, rigid. I, I agree. I wait a second. Okay, that's that's a big, big, big topic, and it's a. I don't know if I call it a topic. It's a. It's a. It it takes us back to a fundamental question. What do we want? I mean, fundamentally as human beings, and in our social construction construct. And what is politics for? Mm. And I'm gonna try to answer this. Mm. What do we want? We want to live in peace and harmony and prosperity. That's what we, I think, all want. Yeah. What is politics for? Politics is a the mechanism that would fend off uh, uh, the inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's designed to uh, avoid conflicts. Of course, that's that's its yeah. sole purpose is yeah. to make sure that tomorrow is not hell. Sure. Tomorrow that's is true. ideally heaven, but we don't we're not that ambitious. No, that's well but said. Let me, let's try to avoid the war. Yeah, sure. Okay, so. It's not politically correct to say it, but the way you address those two matters, meaning build an, a functioning society and design systems that uh, 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 lower touch point friction points, is by federating like-minded mm. and empowering them to take hold of their destiny. This is what made uh, European secularism, accountability, uh, uh, governance systems is cuius regio, eius religio. This is it. Otherwise, it's eternal sectarian bickering. Let's go to the roadmap then. How can you best explain this path forward for Lebanon given its current impasse without looking at the, the issues that we talked about? Sovereignty discounted, neutrality, not a, not a state-led thing, but more a natural thing that doesn't exist right now. How do you get Lebanon from where it is into a federal state? It will not. It will not. So... Oh, I didn't I'm a pessimist. Uh-huh. It's over. Oh. Civilizations die. It takes time. You don't feel it. It's not like uh, between a day and the other. But then, just if you look at it, where they take the long view and you know that something is over. Lebanon uh, is over. And I think uh, the raison d'etre of the country uh is no more uh back in the 19th century 20th century even uh, we were able collectively to uh 
locally and globally find uh, the uh, uh, become a value add in the in the global economy mm. i mean there was a, 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 a the arabian region coming about there was a europe and we find a smart nice way to fit ourselves within that and add value actually to the system that is no more if you look at dubai it's like years away from us i mean they don't need they they just laugh at us okay rightly so because they made it big time this these guys are smart there are they have built a state uh, uh, and and built a system and positioned themselves in a way that they have become totally uh, 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 meaningful to the global order yeah and we have become totally moot irrelevant they, we don't we don't have a raison d'etre we don't have a raison d'etre talking uh, 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 in the in the global order of things we, whether we exist or not nobody will feel the difference it, we don't add value to mm. the system mm. globally so that's over internally uh, the clash between the dominating clash is between the sunni and the shia it's been there for 1400 years that clash is taking over lebanon because of demographics because of the weakening of the christians so we're no longer a key player in that equation which means that we're going to become another syria or an offshoot of those struggles that that agitate the region let alone the fact that the mountain suddenly is no longer a, a refuge because uh, the world is flat technology has rendered that uh, safe haven that safe place and that's the first time ever it's no longer somewhere you can go to and say you know what i'm not I'm, i i can i'm protected here it doesn't make sense uh, the the world technology has made this totally irrelevant so all of these matters uh, uh, and from my perspective the acceptance uh, the uh, the the acceptance of the derooting of Christianity, especially its linkage to Arabism, ended its uh, its uh, uh, its uh, its uh, how to say its its uh, historical uh, its its historical strength and made uh, made its uh, its uh, uh, slow decay unavoidable unavoidable totally unavoidable so all these factors come together would probably result in a country that will i think soon be no more because it doesn't doesn't make sense for it to be it will remain maybe a legal country but it will not be a real country between this distinction between legal and real I see the same uh, trajectory. What I will only touch on in, in, in what I think of as a valuable disagreement here is that I don't think it's a 1,400 year problem. I think Hezbollah in Lebanon is not Shia. I think the Syrians in Lebanon was not Sunnah. I think the worst Christian attacks in this country's history 
are not a reflection of Christianity. And that's why I think, even though the, out, even though the, the path is extremely bleak, and I, I see the end happening the way you're describing it, that the borders will probably never change, but the experiment or the ideas will fade and die if they haven't already. Which is why I go back to the initial sort of point of disagreement, is that federalism is fine. It's a mode of governance, and if it should, if it fits well for Lebanon, fantastic. You can't be anti-federalism. That simply doesn't make sense. You can debate its merits. You can say whether or not it applies here or there. It may work better in other places. It may work better here, but that's a that's a point of constructive constructive debate. But federalism. For it to flourish, I think would have to go back. We we would have to go back to what your father, and I think my father too, the reasons why they loved this country. It's not for what they died in or what they're living in right now. This mess. It's what they remembered from their earlier years. The the younger independent Lebanon that never really took off. And for me, that is the only example where you had something that that was functional enough to get us to a better place later. But over time, maybe that is also just, uh, yeah, you can't go back in time. If ever, if ever, if ever, we want to, there's a narrow path to salvation. And I would put it that way. Greater Lebanon, decided in 1926, is dead. It's over. We need to design something new. And it can only be by consensus. Okay, People have to buy in mm -hmm. that something new. My feeling is that the narrow path that we have to a federal system is the following. First, that collapse is, at some point, I hope, this is wishful thinking a bit. Some president of some country is going to invite those four morons here. Say, you know what, guys? Please come over. The hotel is paid. Uh, uh, women are available. Uh, just sit and, and discuss this topic. Okay? So they go there. One of this, one of this, one of that, one of that. You know, the, the four guys. And they look each other in the eye and say, you know what? I mean, we've done enough damage, right? People's lives are shattered. Uh, the savings are gone. We stole everything we can steal. Okay, it's it's a mess, right? Let's agree, it's a mess. What can we do to eventually build something to our kids, to the future generation, etc.? They're gonna debate, okay, and they're gonna okay. If they are, uh, how to say it? Uh, if their intents are uh, uh, pure. And it's a big if. If maybe they could be threatened by, uh, we can give them immunity if ever they come back with something of sense. So that that's something they will trade uh, the the good go good governance constitution for their personal and their guys' uh, uh, misdeeds, which is okay. Mm. I'm willing to pay that. Uh, so uh, and I'm and I'm for a full pardon of the political elite. 
against a good governance system for my mm. kids. I mean, I, I don't want to prosecute anybody. Uh, so the point is, uh, maybe, so maybe, these guys uh, would s- accept something that looks like these 10 principles and improve them if they think they have a better uh, 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 model to propose, agree on it and come and put it to referendum in each of the communities. Say, guys, this is what we have. Is this something you're willing to live with? Uh, and it's voted. And if each community votes buy in, uh, because somebody will tell you, you know what, I don't want, whatever. But I think it's a, it's a good solution to preserve the 10,442 square kilometers. 52. 52, whatever. Yeah. Those 10 are important. Yeah, yeah, I know. Those. Yeah. They're, they're the reason why we're in that deep hole. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you understood that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Trust me. So, uh, so because apart from this, apart from these guys acknowledging that reality and how deep in the hole we are collectively, individually, I mean, if they don't do that, they're going to perpetuate clashes. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell you one thing, and you're going to relate to that, I'm sure. We have not, we've educated our kids in a way where they're willing, they're rooted enough to fight. They can withstand hunger and poverty. But there is something that they are not designed to live with, which is the absence of the rule of law. That is the problem. The, The migration is mainly driven by this. If there was a war, people would stay and fight. If there was a famine, people would stay and work harder. But the absence of the rule of law, the way the system is currently designed, is forces people to migrate. This is the main, main uh, reason why uh, a flaw or, 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 or a, a driver for uh, uh, migration. That's my firm belief. And unless it is immediately stopped, and it cannot be stopped, unless you empower people bottom up in a system that is coherent, that gives sense to their lives. Because we're not here by chance, right? Nobody wants to think that I'm here because I'm... No, we want to think, but it's only, it's only how to say it, it's, a, it's a, a, a egoistic. We want to think that there, there's a meaning to our lives. And that meaning is only a given sense within the collectivity in which we have been brought up. So that that's that's the the identity part of where we're coming from and where we're heading, why our lives make sense, how can we improve on our environment. And I'm gonna finish with take one single example. Our forefathers were poor guys, poor villagers, but when they built their homes, you would say it's designed beautifully it fits within the scenery like like it's a like it's a dream house right a hundred years later much richer much richer what do you build the ugliest the the ugliest concrete shit you can ever find how come a poorer guy builds with no architect and no design 
the much because it all goes back to the meanings of his life he he was our forefathers were rooted and thought they were here for a thousand they were here for a thousand years they want to be here for a thousand years now it's all a commercial trade before i leave there's something you said about the rule of law that resonates deep inside me i think most of the people that i love who have left this country for good have been directly impacted by that i think it's hard to see hasbullah's impact on lebanon because you don't encounter it it's not something that you see on the streets if you're walking around most of the country you, you could live your whole life in lebanon and never interact with it directly it's a much bigger problem that shatters the city assassinates politicians puts lebanon at war regularly has definitely crippled the the uh the the system further and has made the worst people in this country uh survive i think in 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 the ugliest way possible but rule of law i completely agree i think that impacts all of us in fundamental ways it impacts me every day and i done this i've done this podcast for years now i've never heard anyone say it that way and i i appreciate that that perspective and those words i'll wrap it up with something that you're hinting at and i think it uh, i think it's true uh consensus is what Lebanon is all about. Uh consensus is what made it wobble. Consensus is what made it stable to a point during the Mutasarrifi. Consensus is how I think a lot of our civil war was enacted too. And we don't always talk about those years. I think uh the consensus was there even while we were fighting. And consensus will take our if we're ever going to adopt a new form of governance. it'll be built on consensus that it that's in Lebanon's DNA there's this power sharing and communal history that cannot be discounted and in that is consensus so i really respect uh, the long view by someone who's fairly young you're a little older than me but you're still in your prime you're less than 50 you're 49 yeah uh, it's it's meaningful it's also nice to learn a bit about you your your family's history i would have never expected this to come up so i appreciate you telling me that um and also i'm going to say two more things you were very kind before we started you mentioned that you watched an episode i shared with you i released it uh in late 2019 called the british it's my way of storytelling and it's just 12 minutes of martyr square you told me that you enjoyed it and i'm going to guess you enjoyed it because of its storytelling way of delivering history i think you're better suited yet for this than twitter because you're very charismatic on this i could listen to you for hours we've talked over 2 hours i could listen to you for another 2 if i really i mean i don't think either one of us would survive but <laughs> but your 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 you're so kind your your skill is not Twitter yeah, it's 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 it's, it's explaining history even if there are points that we don't agree on uh you have the you have the right voice and the right tone for it so i think you should do other podcasts i'm honored this is the first one you've done 
The other thing I wanted to mention, and we talked about this briefly, is that you're old enough to remember ah, this. Absolutely. Now, can I ask you, let's wrap it up with this. Why does this train in the early 1990s, you took it from, remind me, which... Uh, Safra to Portemilho. Safra to Portemilho. So that's a small stretch of the yeah, coast. Of it's the choo-choo train from Daura to Jbeil. Yeah. Why does this bring back memories, positive memories for you? It's a slow train. It was very dysfunctional. It took four hours to get from Dora to Patrun or Spade. <laughs> probably because for me, train is civilization. Train is uh, train is what 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 actually links the country to. And, I, and I, I've 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 uh, uh, read a lot about. Uh, Trains in the 1880 in Lebanon, obviously, mm. Ottoman Empire. It's Those a, massive steeps. I think it was the most steep inclination. The uh, one that goes to. Uh, uh, I forgot now. Uh, I did an episode about it and I forgot the I name. Like a, 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 it's the inclination that's very yeah. steep. Yeah. But, but this is all about how. And I'm amazed and I'm, it's shocking how a country like ours. Uh, Back in 1880, had trains, uh, and a hundred year uh, years later, doesn't have anything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it shows you how civilizations die. Yeah, it's it's one. It, it it's a living proof of where we were a uh, hundred years ago. When we are today, you had you had trams in yeah. uh, in in Beirut, like there's in Geneva. Yeah, and I've lived a couple of years in Geneva, and I'm shocked when I see picture of trams in Beirut. How did we let this go? How did we let this gem go? Yeah, trains, trams, public. Pub, this is this is where people commute. A downtown. I mean, if you look at the downtown, my dad used to tell me. A downtown, if it's not made for the, if it's not made for the commoners, it has no uh, reason to exist. We made a downtown for the elite of the elite of the elite. It is absurd. So, this is what put people together, and we let go of this. And I hate myself. I hate this. Whatever happened. I think that's the thing that I find it difficult to completely let go of. And I think from your passion about everything that we've talked about, even if it is happening, it's still difficult to accept that it's fading away. But with that said, um, I look forward to maybe doing this later and touching on other things because I'm sure we could talk about other issues. You're I most famous. You're most notorious for federalism, but I sense there's a lot more we can talk. Anytime, with great pleasure. I'm. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for spending Friday night during a lightning storm with me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening and watching. And a friendly reminder to support this podcast by contributing through Patreon or PayPal. All links are in the details box. Until next time, I'm Rani Shatah, and this is the Beirut Banyan. Fantastic. It was absolutely.
but it was I was expecting more pushback. Manne, I'm a nice guy. You are. <laughs> no, I was expecting you. No, I honestly I wanted to hear you because I was going to say this at the beginning of the episode and I didn't. I was going to say I'm sure you're used to people just shouting on Twitter. No, I want to hear you out once just to understand you. And it's more interesting. Ah, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you.